Well, we're glad you're here, and let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and we'll get right down to business here this morning. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for these ladies that have chosen to be here, and Lord, you've led them to spend this time in your word and in all that we have planned for today. I do pray that you will bless in a very special way our look into some very basic but yet very critical subjects for our lives, and Lord, give me wisdom. Would you lead and guide in what's said and done now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are looking at the, the whole matter of choices that we make. Our lives really are a result of choices, but not just choices. Certainly in the human realm, it's true. Choices we make determine our future. But choices and faith in the spiritual realm are either synonymous or are opposites. What I mean by that, we either take steps of faith based upon God's word, or we take steps of unbelief, uh, disobedience, ignorance, whatever it may be, where we go against or not according to God's word. When we walk by faith, God's grace is there. We have that special personal involvement of God in our lives to enable us to do what we cannot do. When we take a step uh, and choice in our life that goes against or not according to God's word, well then we're on our own and the flesh uh, reaps corruption and that's where uh, it looks like we're doing well, we're okay, but things just don't turn out the way they should because we aren't making faith choices. And so it is a very important topic. In fact, one of the things, if you can learn this mental discipline, and that is to realize that every day I'm making a series of choices. I need to be walking in the Spirit so that I'm making faith choices. Don't just survive. Don't just go downstream and float, so to speak, through life. It is very important that uh, we uh, realize that uh, we have to go opposite of how we feel often, opposite of our experience. When we walk by faith, we're choosing to believe God's Word over the normal human experience. And I hope you heard that. I say it a lot, but it is very important. Faith goes against the normal human reactions many times. And so if we go to our default thinking and we just go through a day and we're sort of absorbed with ourselves, well, we've lost that day. That day we didn't have God's grace. Now, He's good. He's working in the life of a believer anyway, but we're not seeing what could be accomplished if we would trust Him. So today, uh, we're going to look at listening to God and coming to a place of uh, making choices to have a, a desire for God. And uh, so our, our author in our study here starts off with a very, very scary word. Are you all ready? Are you strong right now? This word, this word may really bother you, but I want, I want you to hold on. The word is diet. Oh, okay. Uh, that I realized I just ruined everybody's day. But, uh, uh, but we all understand uh, that the word diet is important. It's not just dieting to lose weight. It is actually diet should be um, eating that which is best, having a lifestyle which is nourishing, uh, healthy, appropriate, keeps us from uh, having problems in our life. And certainly American diet is really not really, it's not good. The couch potato 
um, diet is not a good one. And so, um, uh, so she uses this, and I know, like I said, that's a troubling word, uh, and uh, everybody has tried different diets. But a good diet will lead you to a healthy um, lifestyle of wanting what's good and beginning to really reject what is not best in your life, physically, the food I'm talking about. Uh, several years ago, I went on a pretty strict diet, and my wife, I tell you what, when my wife goes on a diet, I'm had. I mean, there's just, uh, you know, of course, she's the cook, so, uh, and uh, she's a pretty doctrinaire gal. When she gets to going, she's, she's going to make it happen. I'm so thankful. But, you know, I have now grown to really enjoy certain things, and certain things just don't have the appeal that they used to have, and I realize how different I feel and how good I feel and the energy I have because of the right kind of diet. So I can certainly sympathize with that. I've had that throughout, but this was a little bit more difficult one to <laughs> appreciate. For a while, it was like I can't eat anything. And uh, then I realized the reason I thought that was just about everything I eat was eating wasn't the best thing for me to eat, you know. So it was a, a learning curve. Uh, and, uh, but the reason I give that illustration is that God wants us to have, and here's the word, not diet, actually. It's the word appetite. We want the Lord to create the appetite in us for what is most important. So this is based upon choices that we make. And so it gets down to what do we long for? Webster defines... Uh, Crave, appetite, what we long for, what you really want. Have you ever had a chocolate attack? Maybe when you were pregnant uh, or a pickle attack or whatever. Uh, it's so interesting. My wife is such a careful eater, but during the times that she was expecting, um, she would say, could you get me this? I'm thinking, what in the world? That goes totally against the... Uh, uh, your careful diet. She says, I can't explain it, but get it for me quick, you know. So uh, anyway, the good thing about that was I wanted that too. So it gave me an excuse to get two of them. So I, you, I was so sacrificial. I went out really fast, got it for her and for me. And so uh, anyway, but this uh, matter of craving, what do we really long for? And that's an important question in life. Because life is very much determined by what we want, what we long for, what is important to us, what is priority. Uh, is it acceptance? We had a problem. Is it friends? If it's out of whack, that's a problem. Money? Definitely a problem. Do you crave comfort? Do you crave happiness? Now, God is very good to give us joy. God's good to give us His acceptance. God's good to give us godly friends that are edifying. God is good to give us what we need, to be able to purchase the things that we need, and certainly He gives us joy and comfort and all of those things, but that is not what should be our craving in life. But honestly, if you want to define the American mentality, honestly, those areas are what a lot of people and a lot of Christians crave for. They don't even realize it, but that's what they long for. And, and so what we need to realize is that what we indulge in is what we want more of. Uh, Matthew 5, 6, 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The more you have victory in, the right, in righteousness, the more you want righteousness. Have you ever noticed if you eat one cookie, you want another one? Of course, you know the old Lay's potato chip. Uh, you can't eat just one. That's actually a true statement. <laughs> uh, you have to have enormous willpower to have, to have a candy bar, break it into four pieces, and only eat one piece. I mean, that is the ultimate of self-discipline, to be able to do that. Because once you eat something that we naturally crave, uh, you want a little bit more. But that point in the spiritual realm is very important. What you begin to take in that is right, you begin to want more and more of. You cannot develop an appetite unless you actually partake of that which is right through the power of God and trust the Lord. It's very important. Illustration is given of a little girl named Amy, Amy excuse me, who lived with her parents in Russia. And when the Nazis came in, uh, they gave, they were kind, some of the soldiers there, and gave the mother some chocolate, and she wanted to share that uh, with her daughter, so she gave some of the chocolate to her daughter. Her daughter tasted it and spit it out. It was, to her, it was just terrible. Well, she had never had chocolate. She had no appetite, so it was a strange taste to her, and her mother cried because she loved chocolate so much, because she hadn't been introduced to chocolate as a child and had developed an appetite. David writes in Psalm 84.1, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Now, how could he have that kind of heart? It's because he had met with the Lord over and over, and he longed for that time with the Lord. But if your appetite for life is satisfied by just worldly friends, uh, satisfied by... Uh, other kinds of just fleshly indulgence, you, aren't, you will not have the heart for the most important things in your life. And this is really the point of this study today. Um, and so we have to, un to understand that we have to develop an appetite and we have to retrain ourselves to have a spiritual appetite, not a human appetite. Now this is important that you understand this. It has to be cultivated. And the Holy Spirit's right there to help you cultivate it. But, uh, you know, some Christians can hear over and over, you need to have, your, you need to have an extended time with God. Uh, you need to have these times of fellowship. And they'll agree, but they just can't seem to have the time for it. It's because that's not what they long for. Folks, the matter of having a major time of prayer and time in the Word and study and the right kind of thing in your life, it's not a matter of time, it's a matter of desire. You make time for what you desire, right? And so it's not the natural thing to desire God, but it is the spiritual. And when the spiritual is in control, it becomes a powerful longing that then rearranges your priorities because that is what you actually crave for. That's what your appetite is. And you have many a passage in the Word of God that talks about that deep desire for God. So let's talk about desire. You cannot stay on a good diet, and again, I'm not just talking about losing weight. I'm talking about a healthy diet until you develop a desire for those kinds of foods. 
and that takes time. That's why when parents cave in to little children and, and let them eat only what they want to eat, they'll always eat the junk food and they will have a very difficult time having a healthy diet. But if you give them a balanced diet, reasonable, and the amounts that they should eat, they will develop a real desire. You know, why do Southerners like turnip greens? You know, because they have turnip greens. I love grits. I love turnip mustard greens. Uh, my my uh, grandmother was from Alabama. And my dad loved that kind of thing. So my mother, who's Illinois, she loved my dad. So she cooked those things and fried okra. Nothing like it, you know. And of course, I can't eat that now. But uh, okra without being fried, a little. Eh. But uh, so um, that one sort of go, went out the window. But uh, but why do I like those things? Because I grew up with them eating them. Okay. I like Brussels sprouts. I know something's wrong with me, but I love Brussels sprouts, you know. Add a little bit hot mustard to it, good stuff, you know. And, but see, all of that was cultivated desire. I love Chinese food, Japanese food. I love Indian food. I love African food. All of that, I've traveled to almost uh, 50 countries, and, and I just have cultivated uh, what would not have been a natural appetite for those with just I'm getting hungry talking about this now. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, so it has to, be, has to be cultivated. And God has put into our hearts a, a natural desire for the Word of God and for spiritual things. Uh, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Now listen, every baby wants to eat. And, uh, and that is the same way for us from the beginning. A new Christian right on. If you will continue to feed them the word. By the way, that's why discipleship, discipleship, discipleship is important. If you've never been discipled, <clears throat> that may be one of your problems in trying to develop the right kind of appetite. You need someone to direct you and help you feed on the Word of God. And, uh, but uh, it's there, it's in you. And so that heart is there. Uh, Psalm 119.10, With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Psalm 27.4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 63, 1, My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Psalm 84, 2, My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Now, you may listen to David there, or you may hear or read a great, about a great Christian, and you see their longing for God and say, Oh, you know, I just wish I was like that. Did you know you have the same capacity in you? You have the Holy Spirit, first of all. If you're saved, you're a new creation, and you have that desire. Just like a child has a desire and that, that very important impulse to eat, you have a spiritual impulse that came the moment you were saved, you were regenerated, and so it is there. You have to cultivate the right kind of appetite. Now, I want you to get that. There's no one that has a greater capacity than others to be a great Christian. Did you hear me on that? It's your choice. Why were Peter, James, and John on the inner circle? They chose to be there. And uh, you can be on the inner circle. The problem is you don't want to at times. I don't want to at times, right? Because we have other appetites. 
We have other desires. Other things are more important. We haven't cultivated that hunger, that longing, that thirsting for God that is there. It's there, but we have to retrain ourselves. Okay, so this is the important part. Remember, the whole theme of this book that we're looking at is the matter of choices. So there has to be a shift in your spiritual appetite. So you have to decide, I'm going to change. Now, when you decide to not change your diet, that's a big change, isn't it? And you have to make some pretty big provision. You can't have the wrong foods around. Uh, you've got to make choices about when you go to the grocery store. You've got to make choices about restaurants, which can be a big downfall if you don't watch out. And there are just some things you have to do if you're going to make a change. And the same thing for us. Now, one of the things that we have that I think has taken away a lot of the hunger and thirst and that longing, that appetite, uh, spiritually in Christians' lives is technology today. You have the immediacy of the wrong things to think about, or just life without God. Entertainment, let me just say, folks, entertainment should be a minimal part of our life. Live your life. Don't watch somebody else live a false life. Did you hear that? Live your own life. Don't sit around just watching somebody else and vicariously living through what is not real anyway. You know, the only things that are, that are sometimes worth watching are documentaries that are genuine and really honest. And that helps you understand. Or things that are teaching, but the rest of that is just made up stuff. Now, I'm not opposed to good stories and, and seeing some good things. But my, the point is, you're living in an unreal world, therefore you are not developing a real appetite for God, see. And, and technology also brings sin into the life. Um, Seeing things we ought not see, hearing things we ought not hear, being garbled up with all kind of stuff that's out there, getting a very noisy soul with all the problems that are there, plus social media gets you gossiping and listening to gossip and hearing things you ought not hear. You would never sit in a room and talk like people talk on social media. At least you wouldn't let your, you wouldn't let your children do that. And yet that happens all the time. So I could spend a lot of time on this, but honestly, is that not a problem? And I've said this many times. Try to have devotions after sitting down and watching two hours of popular television. You won't, you won't have a heart to do it. You're going to be living with the aura of what you just watched anyway. And then most of the time you've grieved your soul. And so you have a lot of, and your, your soul's not quiet. That's why you need to start your day the right way and then be very careful, control what you have. One thing I have just found, I took off some years back after I got a smartphone, I took off a lot of apps. I just took them off. And I don't even have access to get to them. I don't, not even talking about protecting from wrong things, though I want that protection for sure. It's I don't want this constant, you know, looking at this, looking at this. I mean, you don't have time to meditate, to memorize, to communicate, and you have a noisy mind and heart, and you're not developing the right uh, appetite. Now, just walk down the street, and you're going to see everybody's just glued to their devices. And uh, so I just put that in there. It's going to be very hard for you to um, develop uh, an appetite for the things of God if you are being satisfied with this constant stimulation from 
technology. Now, the problem with technology is that it's very important for a lot of things. I'm sure glad when I travel. There's a lot of things I find out. But to have the discipline, that's why I'm saying limit what you can access immediately. I think you'll find that to be a help to you. That's why you have to make change. You can't have potato chips up and down your pantry if you're going to have a diet, right? Because, you, I mean, you can't have one whole shelf of chocolate. It's not going to work, folks, okay? You can't have it accessible, and you can't have the potato chips and chocolate on your smartphone or on your iPad. Uh, not that you don't use technology, but you know what I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, if ever we need God, it's right now. And the only thing that's going to satisfy our hearts is spending time with the Lord and really growing and learning and developing an understanding of the Word of God. And it's not going to happen unless we make some deep changes. And it does also give Satan a great inroad to tempt you to do things that you would not do. And uh, again, I'm, uh, I at times harp on this, but I, if you were a little bird on my wall in the office, you would understand that I'm not even half saying what I need to say about this. I mean, my ministry over the last 15 years has changed dramatically because of technology. Uh, I can't even tell you. And, um, you know, why are so few kids wanting to serve the Lord? I can tell you why. They're just defeated. They're burned out. Uh, parents haven't, haven't controlled things. Parents themselves are occupied and not, and not developing their children. We have to decide to be, uh, to be godly first and then figure out how to do everything else. So just something to think about. I'm, this isn't... Don't feel constrained by these kinds of messages. This is something that you need to let God lead you on and help you because you, you have built in you spiritually that heart for God. Another good illustration is, um, have you ever uh, eaten some stuff you shouldn't eat, uh, you know, just snacked a little bit, and then you went to a nice, beautiful meal and weren't hungry to eat it? Your kids do that, you know. And uh, that's what happens. We don't have a heart to eat the best because we've been snacking on that which is not the best. And our appetites have been, have been uh, dampened. All right, well, that means then we're going to have to ask God for self-discipline. And that's spirit-empowered discipline. And um, God will give you uh, the ability, but you've got to determine that you are going to uh, go against the habits of flesh indulgence that you have. And every person here has them. We all have our coping mechanisms, don't we? What do we run to when we're under pressure? How do we satisfy ourselves when we are having negative you know, pressures? It, a lot of times it's eating, a lot of times it's distraction with viewing, you know, whatever. We've got to learn to have discipline to make the right choices because you can walk with God all day you know we go around trying to look for joy and happiness and it's in him and Christians can have an absolutely glorious day after day of blessing if they walk with the Lord but we lose it because we artificially eat the wrong things humanly speaking okay so in developing discipline then just some uh, some thoughts here quickly You've got to know what you're going for. If you don't have a goal, if you're dieting in the uh, human sense, in the food sense, uh, if you don't have what your goal is maybe for weight, for um, 
maybe for even different areas, cholesterol, uh, for some trying to get over diabetic uh, tendencies. You know, if you don't have a goal of where you're going, you're not going to have the motivation and the clarity to make the right decisions. But if you're very serious about, all right, these are the things over the next several months I must get under control, and you mean it, you will make the right decisions. And then there's great blessing when you've made those goals, you know, and then your life is so much better. Well, that's the human part. And by the way, that is spiritual, by the way, that the matter of your own body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it is important that we take care of ourselves. But I, the matter of where are you going spiritually? What do you want in your life? What do you see your life to be? What's the end game? What kind of goals do you have? Do you have a concept of what it means to walk with God? Do you have a goal about knowing the Word of God? Do you have goals as far as being a blessing to others? You never, I mean, if you, you aim for nothing, as you've heard so often, you will hit nothing. If you don't know where you're going, you won't get there. And I know it's so simple, but we don't have it clarified as to where we want to go spiritually. But if you have very specific goals, that's why, by the way, I preached on this a week or so ago in the Sunday morning, but I talked about the prayer time and why do we have a little pattern that we give people. It's simply a goal here. I want to praise the Lord. I want to do all these things. And so the idea of an hour with God is something specific, something tangible, something that's biblically based that you can then um, work on and know this is where I'm going. And then you have, uh, you have that goal, but it's for a greater purpose, and that's to meet with God and to know God. Uh, how, many, how many chapters are you going to read of the Bible every year? Do you realize to read the book of Philippians would take you five, seven minutes? Now, to study Philippians could take you hours. To read the New Testament wouldn't take you very long if you just were determined to read it. So reading the Bible through at least once in a year is not that big a deal. Three to four chapters a day. Four chapters a day is not that much. Obviously, to meditate, to learn, and memorize is going to take more time. But it's because we don't really want to. Excuse my preaching there. Okay? Uh, that is, what am I saying? Excuse my preaching. I'm a preacher. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, uh, the matter it, it, that I'm trying to get across, the fact is, what do you crave for? What do you crave? You know, if you really want to be in the Word, you'll be in the Word. If you want to meet with God, you'll meet with God. I'm telling you, when you've been in the inner sanctum with the Lord and He's touched your heart and He's changing you and the Word of God has become real and, and all, all of a sudden now you have the wisdom and God is just comforting your heart and you're getting direction, you can't wait for the next time to spend time with God. The more stress I'm under and the more pressure and the more things I have to do, the more I know I need to be with God. And I have to spend that time. And that needs to become uh, the way we feel. Don't we all know that if we got a lot of stress, we better have a good physical diet? If we're going to be able to do well, and so much more in the spiritual realm. And a way to do that is to have, and here we go, another scary word, a schedule. <laughs> I know, boy, I tell you what, bring up diet and schedule. Oh, 
Uh, this is a, really a tormenting morning here, but uh, don't get overly micro on the schedule. You need to have habits of when you do things. Really, that's what we're talking about. Uh, based upon priorities. And uh, believe me, you've got a schedule about eating, right? You get past noon, and whether you're hungry or not, you think you're hungry, and you're going to do something about it. So you got that one down. You got the schedule down. Well, some of you don't do real about, well about sleeping, but most of you uh, got it down. By the way, that would help you enormously in all the things I've talked about. Get to bed on time, but I'm meddling now. Uh, but seriously, that's a big problem. That's where we get out of whack physically and spiritually with um, not enough sleep. But I encourage you to have a Bible reading schedule, have a time when you have devotions. Those of you with little children, you really do have to work with your husband on a schedule. Work that through, and sometimes you can't because you've got emergencies with your kids, but try to work it out. By the way, a schedule, if it's really a habit, can be broken and you're still going to get it done at some point. So if you establish a strong schedule, it isn't like it's just constraining you. It's a, it's a backbone upon which your, your life can be built. And, um, and we've talked a lot about that, but that's, that's important. And then she mentions the fact that, and I'm going to have to finish here, but to keep a journal, you know, the only way to really know how you're eating is to keep a journal of how you're eating. The only way you need to, uh, you, you can set up a good budget is to take a journal of how you're doing, what you're spending things for. The only way to know where you're going spiritually is to take a journal. And really, and then you'll really ex get excited about seeing what God's t talked to you about. And it'll be a great blessing to you. And then have a support group, you know, people that are doing different habit-making things, such as dieting and exercising. When you have a support group, a little bit of accountability, it helps. And in creating new habits, it's good to have a few friends that you're just communicating with, communicating back and forth, encouraging one another. That certainly can help you. And then there's got to be a time that you begin. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can say, I got, I'm going to do that. Have you ever noticed it's always tomorrow? Uh, you need to determine what it's going to be and do it today. But the point is choices choices. And the, what was the other word? The big word, not diet. What was the next word? Appetite. appetite. Develop an appetite for God. And I'm telling you, if you do, it'll change your life.